0: welcome back spookified episode three baby yo let's get it get it going
1: (laughs) wow that was so hyper i know you're ready
0: i'm ready episode three it's ryan it's christine we're getting ready to talk about none other than the city of brotherly love
1: brotherly love (laughs)
0: Philadelphia. It's really old. P.A. <laughs> P.A. It's always sunny there.
1: It is always sunny. I love that show. That's not why we picked the city though.
0: No we picked it because it's old as fuck.
1: Yeah it's really old.
0: And it's got a lot of ghost stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah so uh yes this is uh episode three uh spookified and uh yeah the previous two we talked about so what was it it was hilton, hilton head, head. st augustine and now we're on philadelphia
1: philadelphia getting into the
0: bigger cities here now mm. and the older cities well st Augustine's pretty old but
1: st augustine is the oldest it is city. the oldest ancient yeah, yeah. <laughs> according to the brewery
0: according to the brewery <laughs> <laughs> yeah the yeah the brewery it sounds like yeah is the ancient city <laughs> but anyways uh yeah I'm excited. I'm excited to hear some ghost stories. I haven't heard. Yeah. Well, I haven't read any of your notes on Philadelphia. Yeah, yet, so, so I'm excited to hear what you're going to cover.
1: I'm excited to hear what you're going to cover. I know we do not share notes in this. We give each other topics and we just run with it. Mm-hmm. So it's all a surprise. Oh yeah. So I'm excited.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be. It's gonna be good mm-hmm. for sure. <laughs> but uh okay so are you ready to start
1: i'm ready to start and give y'all an introduction
0: all right let's do it <laughs> take it away
1: okay so once the capital and largest city in the united states wait 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 wait! wait you wait, forgot wait wait wait, wait
0: wait 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 i forgot
1: we <laughs> <laughs> got so excited about philadelphia i, about the philadelphia.
0: I forgot about the beer <laughs> the
1: beer the one of the most important parts
0: yeah so what are we drinking Tonight,
1: Tonight we are drinking the K, the highly acclaimed, it's on the label, KBS, a flavored stout espresso version. The Kentucky, what did we say it was?
0: It's Kentucky Breakfast Out.
1: Breakfast Out. We should yeah, know it's, this. It's Founders.
0: It, it is like, <laughs> it's a yearly release and it's always good. And this one we've is had it? in the fridge for over a year over
1: oh, a year it's been aging oh yeah i don't like the kbs sorry i'm not a breakfast out person but i know this is like a very popular oh. one yeah so here we are drinking it i don't know how i'll enjoy ooh. it here i'll take a sip and tell you if i enjoy it let's take a sip oh wait Hold okay on. Yeah, let's cheers cheers, cheers. clink clink
0: <laughs> ooh
1: Actually, it's not bad. No, it's
0: it's delicious. Actually,
1: it's really good. Yeah,
0: it's very good.
1: For some reason, when I drink barrel, what are they called? Barrel-aged. Barrel-aged stouts, they taste raisiny to me, and I don't like raisins.
0: <laughs> well, that's a fair assessment, but I feel like...
1: This tastes like espresso, and it's yeah, good.
0: Well, it's the espresso... <laughs> <laughs> I think you nailed that. It's accurately the key named. Flavor, and I, the, I enjoy the it. KBS flavored stout, espresso flavored. Mm. So, mm. what a freaking palette you have! You just nailed that one.
1: Well, I said it out loud, but it tastes <laughs> like espresso, which is why I like it. I think it's okay. not as raisiny.
0: Not as raisiny. No. Yeah, it's pretty good, and it's very strong. It is so strong. That's What's why we're splitting. What's the percentage
1: it? on that? Oh. <laughs> Mm, It's like a
0: taste... 12%. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a strong one.
1: That's in line, I feel like.
0: That's a good one. So this was last year. So this was 2020.
1: Mm.
0: And I think that, yeah, this was last year's batch. Yeah.
1: I felt like I was going to (laughs) burp. So I went really far away from the microphone. I wonder what you're doing. It looks like you're (laughs) sniffing below the
0: desk. But all right.
1: No. Okay. So that's the beer. So
0: that's the beer. And if uh, you guys... (laughs) have a lingering 2020 kbs laying around feel free to open it up and drink with us mm-hmm. but yeah sorry for the interruption let's get back to the <laughs> back main to that intro
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay so once the capital and largest city in the united states philadelphia pennsylvania has played an important role in the founding of america The city was the main stage for the Declaration of Independence on July 4th, 1776, and it was also where the U.S. Constitution was written. Philadelphia has also played host to important movements such as the Civil Rights Movement with the start of the American Anti-Slavery Society, as well as the Women's Rights Movement when Susan B. Anthony delivered the Declaration of the Rights of Women outside Independence Hall. Today, many visit the city of brotherly love for its history, diverse neighborhoods, and cutting edge culinary scene. But we are most interested in the darker side of Philadelphia.
0: Wait, I thought it was always sunny in Philadelphia. Doo doo. Do. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I also like it for that, but the show wasn't even filmed there, so.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's. I that's
1: was sad fun. to find out that It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is a set in LA. I was like, <laughs> man, I want to visit the bar.
0: <laughs> I know. I just would kind of wish that bar was a real thing. I know. I guess it's not.
1: No. Rob McElhenney is like, I'm out. <laughs> I live in LA now. <laughs> I live in LA now. I'm not part of Philly anymore, but he's still, I think he like stays true to his roots. Yeah kind of i don't really know but uh, he's proud yeah i think he's i think (laughs) he's from philly (laughs) yeah he's like him and charlie i don't know
0: well if he's not he he definitely stays true to his uh
1: his roots on the south side of of philly
0: not being very la i feel like (laughs) well actually he's pretty la now
1: he's very la now super ripped (laughs) he flaunts it
0: he flaunts it but (laughs) good for him he worked hard for it yes he did all right <laughs> this
1: is our this is our friend we're talking about here I don't know. And,
0: uh, well if he's listening we'd like to be his friend
1: because <laughs> oh, we know he works really hard
0: <laughs> he's got a hard body
1: <laughs> oh man so what are we talking about today ryan what's your first story about
0: okay so my story First story is the uh, Eastern State Penitentiary. Mm. And it's really hard to fucking type penitentiary. <laughs> and I failed so many times <laughs> taking notes. And I think I finally got it. <laughs>
1: it's a really long word with a it's lot a of vowels. It's a long
0: word with a lot of vowels and letters, to be frank.
1: <laughs> Actually, yeah, I guess it is long.
0: Penitent- it's like you start spelling penis, <laughs> but then you go on from there. Right. Yeah. So, anywho... Uh, (laughs) (laughs) This is a a brief little history about the Eastern State Penitentiary.
1: I love history.
0: Mm -hmm. So the Eastern State Penitentiary was opened on October 5th, 1829 and was unique at the time as it claimed that it could change the behavior of inmates through what they described as confinement in solitude with labor. It was done this way because many of the state leaders believed that crime was the result of the environment that they were raised in, and that solitude would make the criminal regretful and penitent, hence the name penitentiary.
1: Penitent? Yeah. Huh.
0: So this theory will later be known as the Philadelphia, or sorry, (laughs) the Pennsylvania system.
1: The Pennsylvania, dang, they're just like, this is our state's system. (laughs)
0: Yeah, we are the forefront of this solitude punishment. Man. Yeah. So as a result of this solitude, inmates were prohibited to have any contact with each other. They were forced to wear masks to keep them from communicating during their rare trips outside their cells. So anytime these inmates were just being moved, like, you know, I'm just going to get lunch or something. They had to wear masks over the head, and they weren't allowed to speak or talk to anyone. does a
1: mask prevent you from speaking?
0: Doesn't prevent you from speaking, but it prevents you from human contact, essentially, like face to face.
1: Oh, because you can't say anything. Yeah, gotcha.
0: I mean, you can still talk, and people you know, listen, obviously. I mean, now we
1: wear masks all the time. So I'm like wearing a mask that's like every day. Yeah,
0: but they like cover your head. <laughs> yeah, and you're just like. Mm. I don't know. I don't know where I'm at. These guys are forcing me around to different places. Wow. It sounds very, very torturous and sad. But, you know, some of these people were pretty deviant, pretty shitty people. So maybe but, they
1: deserved it. Is that what so you're maybe to they say? deserved
0: it. But <laughs> some of them were not that way. They were just kind of regular.
1: Like they stole a loaf of bread. Petty crime
0: criminals, yeah. And, and were they treated this way. They had to be way. penitent. Exactly. <laughs> so. The cells themselves had feed doors and individual exercise yards to prevent contact between inmates. Wow. So they had essentially like a little private apartment, which doesn't sound too bad, actually, if you think yeah. about it. But the, uh, I mean, the no human contact thing was kind of like the whole so deal. So no
1: cellmate? No cellmate. Like no usually cellmate. there's two to a cell.
0: Yeah, exactly. So it started out no cellmates. Like it was like literally like... You know how they have like solitary confinement yes. in some prisons for the really bad people? It was like that for everyone that was in the prison mm. at the time. Just as soon as you got in there.
1: Oh, are you trying to burp? Yeah, I was trying to burp. <laughs> Neither of us are burping. No.
0: Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> that was an actual burp.
1: Oh, yeah, you held did, it in? I did it off mic. I don't think you need to hold in your burps. I'm sorry. so they couldn't communicate nobody in their cell i mean the i know the shitting situation is rough between cellmates so that'd probably be nice if you had your own toilet
0: honestly like if you had to go to a prison that part of it doesn't sound so bad because yeah you could take a shit in private (laughs) and that'd be pretty cool
1: (laughs) yeah i would enjoy that
0: i know but everything other than that Not so much. I I mean, mean, can you imagine not having any like human contact?
1: Yeah, but what if your cellmate's terrible and they're like, I'm going to kill you Mm. and they find some sort of weapon and they like contraband?
0: I guess that is something that could happen or probably did happen. I don't know. (laughs) Anyways. So the Eastern State Penitentiary, that was what they were kind of famous for when it first opened was the solitary confinement. And, they even got some famous people to come by and visit, kind of like get a few tours when it first opened. Um, in 1842, uh, the famous writer, Charles Dickens, visited the U.S. to see Niagara Falls and the Eastern State Penitentiary. So
1: weird. I'm going to see the Niagara Falls and this penitentiary. This I sounds gotta, like a great American I trip. I got to check out the
0: Niagara <laughs> Falls and this Sad-ass motherfucking
1: the <laughs> Wacky English guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he was, he later <laughs> wrote, uh, and I quote, the system is rigidly strict and hopelessly solitary confinement. And I believe it in its effects to be cruel and wrong.
1: Oh, well, thanks, Dickens. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: The penitentiary had its fair share of criminals throughout its life. Of those, the most famous were probably Slick Will Sutton, And the famous Chicago gangster, Al Scarface Capone.
1: What he was in there? He was in there. I wonder why he's from Chicago and he came all the way to Pennsylvania.
0: Well, I'll tell you why. Okay.
1: Here in a minute. Uh,
0: The first guy, uh, Slick Willie, as he he became to to be known.
1: (laughs) Sounds wrong on all accounts.
0: Slick Will, (laughs) Slick (laughs) Willie Sutton. Uh he Don't was a see him in the show. <laughs> <laughs> he was a career bank robber. And he was apprehended on on February 5th, 1934 and was sentenced to serve 25 to 50 years at the Eastern State Penitentiary for the machine gun robbery, not the machine gun Kelly. <laughs> The machine gun. I'm so
1: mad you even brought his name into this. I need to edit that out. We'll see. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the machine gun robbery of the corn exchange bank and trust company in Philadelphia.
1: The corn exchange <laughs> bank. Yeah. That's people were just exchanging corn for currency. Corn right. as currency. <laughs> I, I don't think so
0: <laughs> I think it was just the name of the bank
1: <laughs> there's a lot of corn around
0: But there was a lot of corn around so <laughs> I don't know I don't know enough about that <laughs> Probably that's Where's uh, your
1: bank, The corn exchange
0: I've got three years here How many
1: <laughs> How many
0: human money can you give me? <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> but Slick Willie Was apprehended on February 5th 1934 And on uh, April 3rd, 1945, he was one of 12 convicts who attempted to escape the institution through a tunnel. Mm -hmm. They broke through to the other side during daylight hours of all times. Dumb. And were spotted immediately. Of course. By a passing patrol. They tried to flee the scene, but were quickly apprehended again.
1: Yeah. Wow. He's not very slick.
0: No. No. <laughs> no, he's not. What's
1: that movie called? The one where they build the tunnel. Are they. Oh, my God. Space Jam.
0: <laughs> Space Jam.
1: Right. No. Oh, man. That's going to bother me. Oh, Google it. Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. Yeah, didn't he build a. It broke through. He built a tunnel through. yeah and you ended up in
0: the looney tunes world with michael jordan
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, i had no idea those were related until now
0: yeah it was a prequel <laughs> um okay <laughs> the other famous inmate as we previously discussed was al scarface capone <laughs> al capone the famous chicago gangster was arrested outside a philadelphia movie theater in May 1929, for carrying a concealed and unlicensed 38 caliber revolver, and he was given a one-year sentence at the Eastern State Penitentiary. So, as I stated earlier, the prison was famous for its solitude-style punishment. So, when prisoners were sent to the Eastern State Penitentiary, they were completely cut off from the outside world. They couldn't speak to any loved ones or anybody at all, really. They were not even allowed to speak as it was a place of absolute silence. So... <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. And they were even gagged with a metal tongue clamp if they broke the rules. Ay. Right.
1: I don't like that.
0: You don't like that? No. Yeah, I mean, it seems kind of extreme, but these were the fucking derelicts of society.
1: I still don't like it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it was... a. Uh, Pretty messed up. That being said, Capone may have had some special treatment as his room was quite lovely.
1: This is the politics of it all.
0: (laughs) And he may have been allowed visitors. As a passage from the Philadelphia Public Ledger in 1929 stated, the whole room, well, and I quote, the whole room was suffused in a glow of a desk lamp which stood on a polished desk. On the once grim walls of the penal chamber hung tasteful paintings and the strains of a waltz were being emitted by a powerful cabinet radio receiver of handsome design and fine finish. Despite I'm sorry. I have no <laughs> idea.
1: What that is, I'm trying to like imagine what that looks like, but it's, so, I don't understand. So
0: picture finally furnished.
1: <laughs> a penal chamber.
0: Penal chamber. <laughs> hung with fine art hung on the walls
1: a right? radio receiver
0: like just a nice little desk with a like just picture like a nice little oak desk okay you know with a little
1: hmm.
0: like one of those little lamps that you would see and like <laughs>
1: like a green one like, like on one a lawyer's desk yeah, like on a lawyer's desk
0: <laughs> exactly and then picture one of those big old radio Receivers that you would see back in the old days. I guess this was like in
1: the 20s. Yeah, 29. Right. Okay. Right. So, all right.
0: He had some, you know, some of probably the finer finishes. So, he had a
1: desk, is what it sounds like, and a radio.
0: Mainly, I I would take most (laughs) out of that, probably the radio. He had a little radio receiver there. That's nice. Yeah. I mean, he was also kind of a bad dude. So, (laughs)
1: yeah, (laughs) I guess.
0: But despite the extra care that Capone may have gotten, the ghosts of the penitentiary still got to him. (laughs) Yeah, He told the guard that the ghost of James Clark, who was a man that he had had murdered during the the St. Valentine's Day massacre, was haunting him.
1: Oh, good for James Clark. Yes. If I get murdered, that's what my goal... I'm going to haunt you.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's No
1: matter where you are, even no if mi- you're in the worst place ever, I'm still going to haunt you. Yeah.
0: Or if you are just <laughs> at like your fucking house, I'm going to haunt your ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you son of a bitch. 100% I agree with that. So good on James Clark. <laughs> I don't know who he was, but good on you for haunting. He had a really boring name. <laughs> yeah.
1: Probably a thousand trillion, thousand trillion.
0: A thousand trillion? Of what?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I thought a thousand was too low, so then I changed it to a trillion.
0: A thousand trillion James Clarks?
1: <laughs> yeah, there's oh. probably a lot of them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway.
0: Around the same time period of the 1920s to 30s, prison warden Herbert... <laughs> yeah, this is a real nickname. <laughs> I shouldn't give you the notes. You shouldn't be looking at this. <laughs> Between the same time period from the 1920s to 1930s, the prison warden, Herbert Hardboiled Smith, ruled the grounds.
1: That's hardboiled. That's so good. Yeah. I want that to be my nickname. I'm hardboiled. Don't mess with me. I'm hardboiled, hard-boiled. not softboiled. <laughs>
0: I ain't that soft-boiled bitch. I'm mm. a hard-boiled motherfucker. <laughs> he was particularly known for his strict punishments. So around this time, the state had abandoned the strict solitary confinement system, as it had seemed to be not be working.
1: <laughs> um, you think?
0: So old hard-boiled <laughs> decided to take matters into his own hands.
1: Ooh. Yeah, you
0: don't want to get on hard-boiled mm, bad side. Nope. <laughs> So to counter the lack of solitude punishment, he used other torture methods like the water bath.
1: Oh, that sounds nice, but I know it can't be.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So inmates were dunked in a bath of ice cold water and hung from a wall overnight.
1: Hung from a wall? Yes. How?
0: Uh, Like, I'm guessing by chains.
1: That's insane.
0: It was said to be popular during the winter months.
1: Of course. That's the worst time to do that. Yes. Oh, my God. I would die. I would literally die.
0: Another torture technique championed by Mr. (laughs) Hardworld was the mad chair. This chair was placed in a pit called the hole, which anytime you have to go to the hole, it's probably not a good thing.
1: That sounds bad.
0: Yeah. But it's where prisoners were held in complete darkness and were strapped to the chair for days to weeks without much food. Oh,
1: my gosh.
0: Some prisoners were even left permanently disabled from this punishment as they were not allowed to leave the chair
1: oh, yeah.
0: for weeks at a time. So they're I guess their fucking limbs just gave out.
1: Out food? I mean, come on.
0: Yeah, I don't know how long they could last without food before, you know, yeah, dying starvation yeah. and
1: kill you, right? Like, I don't, yeah, yeah exactly. I wonder how long. Um.
0: Yeah. So, although no executions were ever held at the Eastern State Penitentiary, there were hmm. many murders that took place among the prisoners. Among those, even two guards were killed. And with all this misery and death, it's no surprise that the Eastern State Penitentiary has become a paranormal hotbed. Um, visitors reported seeing the ghost of James Taylor. Taylor was gruesomely murdered by another or sorry I'm sorry. Taylor gruesomely murdered another inmate. Oh my gosh. A man named Michael Duran in eighteen eighty four. Uh Taylor ended up bludgeoning Duran to death, beating him to a pulp, and then quietly returned to his cell to go to bed. i
1: went to sleep. And he just went to bed. He just went to bed. He he's just, like, this he just is another day, day in the life.
0: James <laughs> yeah, like, like, I just fucking murdered that guy, and now I can go to bed.
1: Yep, I can sleep peacefully, I can sleep knowing calmly. he's dead.
0: Exactly. Hmm. Just not a, not a thought in his mind. Wonder Broke what Michael
1: Duran did.
0: I don't know. I don't know. Didn't investigate that but much. what of that
1: happened man. to Taylor? Was he put in the hole? Was he hung on the wall?
0: Don't quite know. Interesting. If I had to guess, he ended up dying in prison at the Eastern State Penitentiary. Another ghost story comes from the prison locksmith, Gary Johnson. He was doing some restoration work at the penitentiary as it was being converted into a tourist attraction. Right. So as he was trying to remove an 140-year-old lock from a cell door, a massive force overcame him, and he was not able to move.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: Yeah. He believed that once the lock was removed, a portal may have opened, allowing the ghosts that were trapped inside the cells to escape. He said he had seen ghostly faces on the cell wall that swirled towards him when he was stuck in his frozen state. Huh.
1: Yeah. Just from one cell door?
0: Just from one cell door.
1: Why was he trying to remove it?
0: They are doing restoration work, so I don't know. It didn't really mm. say what cell door that he was working on because I know that they, well, as we move on, they converted this into like a museum, so now these cells are open to the public, and you can go in and see kind of how the cells used to look back in the day. Yeah. And they're actually working on, I'm not sure if they're finished yet, but they're working on updating Capone's cell. (laughs) His fancy cell? His fancy cell. So you can kind of see what it looked like back then as well, which is pretty interesting. But yeah, so the prison itself lasted all the way up until 1971. Um, And then it sat vacant until the mid 80s. And then in 1994, it was reopened to the public for history tours. And it's been featured on many television shows, including Ghost Hunters and Ghost Adventures. Mm, Mm. Have
1: you watched the...
0: I didn't watch either of them, but I... I know
1: you're a big Ghost Adventures
0: fan. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Here's my deal on Ghost Hunters the Ghost Adventures. So, Ghost Hunters, I like the uh, recap at the end. Seems like at the end of the show, they're always like, This is what we found. This is the evidence that we found. This Mm -hmm. is what we think, and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Ghost adventures, it's like, it just ends. It's not a recap. (laughs) It's not a recap. Could it be that the ghost of this little girl had murdered this guy and came back as a fly and landed on my face? And then I was haunted by the fly of this little girl, Mm -hmm. and blah, 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 blah. blah. That's it. That's it. I mean, do I give credence? Do I I give credence to someone? Aaron always gets sick on Ghost Adventures (laughs) because it's a very personal experience. He
1: has a really sensitive stomach.
0: Yeah, or he just gets very scared (laughs) (laughs) and makes himself sick. Probably that. I don't know. But I do like both shows and I like to think that, you know, they are both very accurate and real, but I give more credence to ghost hunters because they kind of will at the end give you a little recap of everything that they found yeah and even if they don't find anything they at least tell you like hey we don't really
1: they acknowledge it yeah
0: they're like we didn't really find anything here and like we believe you that something might be going on but it doesn't seem very you know i feel like you're not in any harm or anything like that you know they kind of like will go write write it off write some (laughs) stuff off ghost adventures is just like it's a lot of feeling
1: It is a lot of feeling, not a lot of hard evidence. Not a lot of hard evidence.
0: (laughs) But, you know, I like both of them. And uh, I will say, the Ghost Adventures, though, they do, like, introduce a lot of different technology, although I feel like some of it's just kind of, like, not really that great. Like, that connect stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Being an engineer, I just those things are built to try to find body images and, like, they'll literally find a body image out of nothing, so. Oh, really? Yeah, it could be pitch black and they're just kind of trying to find any sort of image in the background. If it sees something remotely, it tries to create that figure. And from what I heard about the ones that they use on that set and, like, the ones that are adapted for, like, ghost hunting, it's just they're basically just connect systems and they don't really have... They're not really like finely tuned for that.
1: Oh, so when they say they see a body, it's not really so, a body. Yeah,
0: it's like probably nothing.
1: But, huh. but what is it picking up on then, do you think?
0: It's just seeing, it's just trying to search in the background for some sort of image, and then it comes across, it might find a point to tag onto, and then it tries to recreate that into a body. Oh, yeah. And, Yeah, it's just very, very random, and I can see how you could say, like, oh, it's looking for a ghost, and that's a ghost right there, but it's just, it's just the system, you know.
1: That's good for, like, viewership, though. It's good for viewership, for sure. As I'm, I'm like, whoa, it's a ghost, it's a stick (laughs) figure moving. Exactly,
0: that's why they get, I mean...
1: It totally got me when they were at the freaking Tiger King ranch or whatever. <laughs> I was like, "Oh my God, it's Travis! Yeah. It's his ghost. He's walking around because that's his hat yeah, they found." Or exactly,
0: <laughs> I was like, "They're like in the closet."
1: And He's like, like reaching out. up for it. And
0: then there was like a little <laughs> band on his shoulder. <laughs> You're like,
1: "There he is!" I was like, "There's Travis." And you were told me that? And I was like, "Oh yeah." Fine. I mean, uh.
0: what I find more interesting is like the EVP stuff. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that stuff's not, is like much more interesting to me, but I digress.
1: Yeah. Anywho.
0: But that was the story of the Eastern State Penitentiary.
1: Okay. That was cool. Thanks.
0: Oh, when I, oh as we we're getting into Ghost Hunters and Ghost Adventures, I did kind of see some clips and read kind of a synopsis of the episode of Ghost Hunters. Yeah. And they did. See a shadowy figure in one of their video images and you can like look this up online just go to like the ghost just search for you know ghost hunters eastern state penitentiary and you can kind of see this like uh, shadowy figure kind of appear in front of the camera Hmm. and it is kind of creepy and you can't really figure out what exactly it is but it was some pretty interesting evidence and they were pretty convinced that the place was haunted when they left there.
1: That's cool. Yeah, shadow figures are always like really, yeah, profound. I don't know. I just feel like that's
0: yeah. It's because it's like a mass, right? Yeah. You can't like explain a mass of something moving across to you. I feel mm-hmm. like,
1: yeah, yeah. It's not a bug. It's not or a, bug, or light, or like a Light or... or something
0: like. If you see like a dark mass move across the camera, it's like that thing that there's something that was physically there. There had to be, or yeah, I don't really know how to explain that if it's not something physically there, you'd have to... I would need some Neil deGrasse Tyson <laughs> explanation yeah. for that shit.
1: Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think our dog needs to go out to go potty. Oh,
0: Mr. Hamlet. Okay, so we're going to take a quick break and then we'll be right
1: back. All right, and we're back. Hamlet went potty. And we are on to our second story this is my story it's about the washington square in philadelphia yeah all right so washington square is one of the five original green spaces laid out by william penn who founded the city of philadelphia in 1682
0: damn that's a long time that's a long
1: ass time ago (laughs) So it was originally known as the Southeast Square and it was established as a potter's field in 1706. That basically means it was a burial ground for the poor, free and enslaved Africans, those who did not belong to a church, strangers to the city and Native Americans.
0: So it was like a mass grave site.
1: Pretty much, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the square is also where they buried close to 2,000 British and American soldiers during the Revolutionary War. And then when an epidemic of yellow fever broke out in 1793. The
0: yellow fever, man, comes It just comes gets on.
1: everything. Yeah, it's just running rampant. Uh, the victims of yellow fever were also buried in the square. But in 1794, they decided to stop using the square as a burial ground. <laughs> Guess they ran like out of room. <laughs> yeah, uh, after they buried more than thirteen hundred people that <laughs> <laughs> died from yellow fever, they were like, "All right, this is too much." <laughs> All right,
0: guys, come on! A different <laughs> running spot. out of
1: room. <laughs> so, Washington Square was not only used as a burial ground, but also as a gathering space. Many free and enslaved Africans gathered in Washington Square and used the space not only as a cemetery, but also as a place for celebrations. According to historian John Watson, quote, it was the custom of slave blacks at the time of fairs and other great holidays to go there to the number of 1,000 and hold their dances, dancing after the manner of their several nations in Africa and speaking and singing in their native dialects, end quote. Uh, The African community also set up nightly patrols, to prevent exhumations of their loved ones by medical students and professors to use in anatomy classes. So grave robbing was very common during that time due to the lack of bodies they were illegally allowed to use for study. At the time, only executed criminals were allowed to be used and the demand definitely outweighed the supply. I guess they weren't killing criminals a lot. They were just letting them suffer.
0: Oh man, they should have just gave them yellow fever.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, let them run free, and then they would have just died yeah, anyways. Just
0: let them run around in the swamps.
1: Yeah, they would have been buried there. <laughs> so, in 1793, the first air balloon was released. Air balloon, <laughs> hot air balloon.
0: Oh my! If there's an <laughs> air balloon running around.
1: <laughs> as i said i'm like was it an air balloon i I forgot the word hot how the hot air balloon was released in washington square (laughs) and president washington was there to witness it Oh, way he saw the first hot air balloon he saw the
0: first hot air balloon yeah
1: he was like wow look at that spectacular event happening in our great (laughs) nation is that an air balloon
0: no sir it's a hot air balloon
1: (laughs) run by hot air not just air hot air
0: (laughs) (laughs) i like to see the british accomplish that feat
1: (laughs) That's right. That's what, probably what he said. And then by uh, 1815, the square became more of a park where residents would just stroll ar- along above the unseen remains of thousands of people who have been buried there. <laughs> <laughs> and then in 1825, it was renamed Washington Square in honor of George Washington, probably because of that spectacular moment where he saw the first hot air balloon
0: yeah that's probably like the only reason that it was ever near washington square
1: yeah like, do you see of this shit all the things that happened there that was the most memorable thing.
0: screw our independence this shit is wild
1: <laughs> hot air balloons scare me have yeah, you ever been in creepy.
0: one no but i've seen many a tv show and i know that they can go awry
1: yes Community. Community. That's my one of my favorite episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Troy, Troy. Eyes. <laughs> what did he do? He started a
0: fire again. Was it like the Wizard of Oz have something to do with the hot air balloon? Or am I making it up? I know. Up? Okay. No, I, no. I did not like that movie, though.
1: Uh-uh.
0: That movie freaked me out when I was little.
1: Yeah, Troy, uh... Admitted he started a wildfire in the <laughs> hot air balloon episode.
0: <laughs> See, <laughs> was burning an anthill. <laughs> an
1: anthill, that's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> that watch was, that episode. That was a it's episode. so good. It makes me laugh every time.
0: You should time. definitely watch Community.
1: <laughs> all right. So after all those burials in Washington Square from the years 1706 to 1794... The site is definitely a hotbed for paranormal activity and is probably one of the most likely places you will see a ghost in the city of Philadelphia. What? What? (laughs) The most famous ghost is a Quaker woman named Leah. As I mentioned earlier, body snatching and grave robbing was very common at the time for use in uh, medical schools and also to steal valuable possessions that may have been buried with the dead. Even though this was a cemetery for the poor, grave robbers were more than likely snatching bodies to sell to medical schools not for their like things that were buried. Uh, with so them. they were just
0: trying to Literally sell bodies.
1: Yeah, because it was a profitable burial ground for the poor. So yeah. they so weren't like, really, no one's really valuable things. Yeah,
0: and they're like, no one's really going to miss these people. Let's just mm-hmm. sell them, get some money.
1: Yeah, the body was the valuable thing. Not let the bodies hit the floor. Yeah, that's right, or hit the grave. <laughs> So, due to the high amount of body snatching, it is said that Leah, who lived nearby, would walk the perimeter of the square during the night carrying a lantern to prevent grave robbers from snatching bodies. She was like a little night watch.
0: Oh, like in Game of Thrones?
1: Uh, What are you referring to? Oh, the night's watch. The night's watch. <laughs> Adoyed. <laughs> That's also from community.
0: (laughs) She's literally the Night's Watch.
1: Yeah, she was like the Night's Watch. Um, Many say they have seen a cloaked figure carrying a bright light at the edge of the square. And in 1994, a Philadelphia detective reported seeing a woman wandering about the square with no face under her hooded cloak.
0: Wait, who is this detective?
1: I don't know. Was
0: it Serpico? (laughs) This city's full of crooked cops.
1: <laughs> Mr. Mayor.
0: Mr. Mayor.
1: <laughs> so could it be Leah still trying to scare the grave robbers away or just lonely detectives in the 90s?
0: Hopefully, Leah. That sounds like a cooler story. <laughs> I'm not going to lie.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe it is Leah. Anyways. Other ghosts, said to haunt Washington Square, are the ghosts of Revolutionary War soldiers. From the start of the Revolutionary War, wounded soldiers were brought back to Philadelphia for care. Also, any prisoners of war during the British occupation of the city in 1777 were placed in the jail near Washington Square called the Walnut Street Jail. Anytime a soldier died, whether in prison or in the hospital, They were buried in Washington Square. When John Adams visited Washington Square, he quoted, I'm sorry, he is quoted for saying, the graves of the soldiers who have been buried in this ground from the hospital and the bettering house during the course of last summer, fall and winter, dead of smallpox and camp diseases are enough to make my heart of stone melt away. Wow.
0: That is sad
1: he was just blown away by the amount of death that was around him.
0: That is so mm, sad.
1: <laughs> Teardrop. <laughs> I like John Adams. Have you ever seen the uh, movie and the musical
0: 1776? 1776?
1: No. Oh. Who stars in that? Um, Mr. Feeney.
0: Mr. James Gandalf Feeney? <laughs>
1: No, just Mr. Feeney.
0: Oh, from the hit 90s show, Boy Meets World? Yeah. Oh.
1: <laughs> he plays John Adams.
0: He plays John Adams? Yes. I am very aware of the musical "1970s." <laughs> 1776. Nice <laughs> 1776. <1970s. laughs> was the bicentennial. <laughs> It it was remade. You've never
1: (laughs) seen that 1776 and I wanted you to watch it. I've seen clips of it. So many times. It's such a good movie.
0: Sounds like it.
1: Anyways, I could just hear John Adams.
0: Upside down fart noise.
1: Okay. This dumping of unidentified dead soldiers in the square is said to be the cause of the paranormal activity there today. There have been reports of whispers, screams, and apparitions at the square Locals believe the ghosts are not a harmful presence, but just a reminder of the square's past as a cemetery before it became the park that it is today. A memorial for the fallen soldiers was built in the 1950s, and since then the paranormal activity has gone down, but it hasn't completely disappeared. So you're either Mm going to see Leah or you're going to see some soldier ghosts or hear their screams. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Ew. Ew. Oh, okay. if i heard a scream i would think it was real like i wouldn't think it was a ghost i'd be like yeah. something's happening i need to call the cops <laughs>
0: you know what's kind of crazy um when we first move into our house
1: oh god
0: um there's this thing i heard about called i think it's called like exploding head syndrome have you heard of this uh-uh. okay so i think this is Someone's going to have to look this up, but this is what I remember reading on this. But exploding head syndrome is like when you subconsciously hear a loud scream in your ear when you're like on the verge of a dream state. And I could have swore when we first moved in here, like we were like sleeping in bed and I heard this like blood curdling, like blood curdling scream in my ear and we it was like it was like four in the morning it was like very early in the morning and i like woke up and i thought like someone had literally like screamed like right outside like our house and i was like convinced that it happened and i remember like waking up and like looking around and like i did not hear anything else for the rest of the like night and i was up for like a solid like hour hour and a half after that just like looking around like making sure no one was like getting like murdered
1: <laughs> oh my gosh that's terrible but it's like a real
0: thing like people experience that
1: wow some scientists i'm googling it mm-hmm. sometimes scientists think it could be minor seizures
0: that makes that tracks
1: <laughs> or sudden shifts in parts of the middle ear or stress or anxiety stressing them though. though yeah how generalized is that yeah right Interesting. But
0: it literally sounded like someone is,
1: <laughs> women are more like they have it than men. <laughs> I'm just super or people that. older than 50. <laughs> yeah. You're just an old woman. I'm
0: just <laughs> it also tracks. <laughs> but like I literally That's like crazy. Like no
1: Did you get out of bed and check?
0: Yeah, like I got up and like, like it sounded like someone it was like you know how our bedroom is like right up to our backyard. Yeah. It sounded like it was in our backyard and like just screamed. Was and I have also oh,
1: okay.
0: I've also heard my name whispered whispered in my ear.
1: <gasps> stop.
0: But I think it's also part of that exploding head something. Wait,
1: did it happen separately? Separately, yeah. Mm, how long ago was your name whispered in your ear?
0: I've had that a few times.
1: Ryan. Stop. Wait, Ryan or Patrick? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Ryan.
1: What did it sound like? Who was it whispering? Like,
0: it, it it didn't.
1: Was no. it like a womanly voice or a manly voice? Yeah, it, it voice?
0: sounded more like a woman. It was like, Ride. like
1: Ride. oh, Ride. stop it! Yeah, you stop it.
0: And it definitely wasn't you, because I remember like waking up and like looking over and you're just dead asleep.
1: Uh, I don't like
0: that. Yeah, it's wait. It was,
1: how long ago did this happen?
0: This has been a, it's been a while since I've experienced either of these things, mm-hmm. Like years. Oh, okay. But every once in a while it'll happen. I don't know if it's just because I'm like super tired or if it's some sort of paranormal paranormal like That's the only thing that I could ever like really there's two events in my life that I think could be paranormal. Well, three depending on how many times that exploding heads and everything happened. Yeah. That's happened a few times to me. The other thing was when I was little I was sleeping uh, in my old childhood bedroom at my parents' house, and I woke up one morning. Well, I was sleeping in bed, and um, I felt a scratch on my hand. Mm. Like, I had my hand hanging off the bed. Oh, God. And I felt like a scratch. Like, it was like a... Uh, like that.
1: That's yeah? what it felt like. And okay. I woke
0: up and i looked around i thought it was maybe like Like your dog like a dog like or a dog that might have done it and ran downstairs and like pretty much my whole family was down there and our dog was down there and it could not have been any one of them
1: i don't like that at all that's why i never slept with anything hanging over the bed I was so afraid of things under yeah. my bed <laughs> or like getting me
0: yeah like putting, like putting your foot, foot like over hanging the off bed. the bed no never get the cool air kind of was always
1: under the covers yeah on the bed
0: yeah there's only like a few things in my life like i've never actually like seen a ghost or anything like that i don't know you know if i ever can or will ever see a ghost if they even exist i like to think they do but I've had experience like that type of stuff, and that is, it's very chilling when you do experience that, oh, like the exploding gosh. head thing. It sounded like I, like it sounds like someone's screaming in your ear, and you just wake up like, "What the hell is happening? <laughs> Who is here?" Yeah. Like I, like I was like semi worried that you were like getting murdered. I was like looked over and you're sleeping, and I was just like. What happened? What did I just? What's well, good
1: to know? You'd wake up for that, yeah. Well, yeah, I guess <laughs> sometimes I wonder. You, <laughs> sometimes I'm like, Ryan, get up, you're snoring. <laughs> <Yeah>. That's normal. <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah, interesting. Pretty,
0: there's some pretty wild stuff. Yeah, I heard. I've never had anything yeah, it's like pretty that, wild. yeah. Anyways, uh, we're going to take a quick break here, and then we'll move on to our next story. Okay. So our next story is going to be on Fort Mifflin. Mm. Yes, Fort Mifflin in Philadelphia. So Fort Mifflin, also known as the Mud Island Fort. Huh. Was commissioned in 1771 by the British to strengthen the colony's control over the Delaware River. The fort has had some sort of role in every war the US has fought in since the Revolutionary War. Wow. Just kind of wild. Yeah. I really think it's like up until like the 70s ish, though, the 1970s, where it just kind of like fell off of that. Hmm.
1: It's a long time. Yeah, seventeen seventy-one to the nineteen seventies. Yeah. Wowza. <laughs> yeah
0: it's it's been a it's been around for it's been around for a hot minute. <laughs> so during the Revolutionary War, the Revolutionary War, the American colonies took hold of the fort and, con- and continued construction to prevent British sailing ships from coming into Philadelphia. Hmm. Uh, the British began bombarding the fort, at 7.30 a.m. on November 10th, 1777. For five long days and 2,000 British troops and at least 250 ships shot over 10,000 rounds at the fort.
1: Whoa.
0: <laughs> yeah. Five a, days? It's a, a lot of firepower for a long time.
1: Yeah, that's crazy.
0: They eventually destroyed 20 sections of Fort Mifflin's Palisade. Of those, uh, twenty sections, the fort's main cannons were taken out, and the soldiers could no longer resist the British without them. After the five long days and the deaths of at least one hundred and fifty soldiers, the Continental Army was forced to abandon the fort on November fifteenth, seventeen seventy-seven. It was left until it was left uh, as ruins until seventeen ninety-three. Until the planner of Washington DC, Pierre Charles Lefont. Huh. Which kinda looks like Pierre Charles
1: nineteen ninety three. Jeez, that's so a while after.
0: Yeah. Began reconstruction on it. He was eventually replaced by Lieutenant Colonel Stephen Rochefontaine.
1: <laughs> that's very good.
0: After Mr. Lafont was too difficult and expensive to work with.
1: <laughs> of course he was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those Frenchies.
0: Uh-oh. Mr. Hamilton's getting a little agitated. He's getting very agitated. Looking He's hearing, huffing and puffing. I can hear him in the background. <laughs> <laughs> um, back to the fort. So as a precaution uh, for the War of 1812, Fort Mifflin was once again actively manned. Though it was prepared for it, no action was held at the fort during the War of 1812. Oh,
1: huh. No, well, That's unfortunate. Yep. I mean, not for the fort, but just, like, the manpower. That
0: <laughs> yeah, they were there, you know, just in, just case. in case. J-I-C, just in case.
1: That's, that's good they didn't have to see anything yeah. crazy, though.
0: Yeah, nothing crazy happened there. <laughs> uh, the fort was then abandoned in 1853 by the U.S. Army, but was used by the U.S. Navy to store ammunition. Okay. Then in the spring of 1861... Some volunteer units manned the fort to defend Philadelphia against a Confederate invasion. So now we're into the Civil War. Okay. As the Civil War raged on, instead of being an active site of battle, the fort was used primarily as a prison for captured Confederate soldiers captured at the Battle of Gettysburg. Oof. However, the fort also held Union prisoners who were draft dodgers and military criminals. Oh, my it's one of these draft dodgers that one of the most popular ghost stories involving the fort gets its origin. Okay. This is the story of the faceless man.
1: It's a draft dodger.
0: Basically, when you were young and when you were a young and capable young Indian. man over eighteen back in the day, you were pretty much drafted into war. And you were considered a draft dodger if you tried to fashion draft
1: (laughs) okay how did they find you
0: um I don't know (laughs) (laughs) I mean uh, I'm trying to think about it like it goes kind of like two ways right some people were under the age and were trying to go to war right there's like some young patriots that were like 16 and And were trying and lied to be like they would say they were over 18 and they would put the number 18 in their shoe yeah. So that they wouldn't actually be lying. But then there was also people that legitimately did not want to go to war and would lie about, I don't know if their age or what, but they would just try to dodge the draft so that they didn't have to go to war. Yeah. And these people at the time. people
1: were drafted at one point.
0: Yeah. I mean, and it was like, even that way up until like, what was it? Like the 60s, 70s? were you drafted into Vietnam? Yeah. I
1: think. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds right. I don't really know. But you're right. It hasn't been that long.
0: Uh, Yeah. I mean, at the time, uh, you know, draft dodging and other military criminals were held at the fort. And one of these people, according to legend, became one of the most famous ghost stories at the prison today Mm. and it's the story of the faceless man Um, so the faceless man is considered to be private william h howe of the union army the main story that is often told of him was that he was a wanted killer and deserter from the union army so they there's like this whole background story of him that's just like this guy was just a bad egg and he wasn't really a patriot and not trying to you know fight for the Union Army, he was just a fucking bad dude. Mm. Just trying to get out of war. But in fact that wasn't actually the case as you'll find out later.
1: Oh, Yeah,
0: so despite this uh picture that was painted of Mr. Howe as told from the website that I kind of found this on it was ghost tour, or ghostcitytours.com. Howe was a twenty five year old German farmer who had joined the Union Army, and he was actually quite a good soldier for the Union Army. <laughs> he was a good marksman and even earned accolades for his bravery at, on the battlefield in Fredericksburg, Fredericksburg. Mm. Excuse me. At some <laughs> point during Howe's service with the Union Army, he came down with dysentery. Uh, dysentery can cause inflammation of the bowels. And if you're familiar with, uh, the Oregon trail, it's quite deadly. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can get extremely bloody diarrhea and it was a major killer of civil war soldiers at the time. Basically they would die of dehydration yeah. essentially. Uh, how determined to not get beaten by the disease left his regiment, to go to Washington to seek treatment after the medical tent had burnt down in his regiment during a battle. Oh, wow. After seeing a doctor, Howell went home to recover and was apparently stuck in bed for over two months. Now, during this time, Howell was basically like MIA, and uh, after not reporting back to his unit for this time, his enrolling officer came looking for him late one night, along with three other men, and they were all reported to be like obliterated, like completely drunk, and were just kind of like ready to start something. <laughs> they were looking to bring this guy. They thought that he w- kind
1: of people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, they thought he was, you know, dodging his duty essentially. Mm. Um, so after the man had been harassing Howe outside his home, Howe fired a few warning shots out of his window to scare them off. Uh, unfortunately, unfortunately, what he did not know is that he accidentally fatally shot his enrolling officer. Oh, my golly. Hence the war crime. Now, Howe was arrested in a prison in the Eastern State Penitentiary. Well, it all comes back around. It comes back around. But not actually Fort Mifflin. Not according for to the story I saw on GhostCityTours.com. Mm-hmm. So how desperately pleaded for mercy and even wrote to abraham lincoln for help but it never came apparently an increasing number of union soldiers began to desert the union army and abraham lincoln reportedly wanted to make an example of him to the rest of the union deserters Mm. so he was just kind of like uh casual yeah he was just kind of a casualty of an unfortunate unfortunate like circumstance i mean there were people that were probably deserting for you know other reasons just trying not to get killed and he was actually reportedly a pretty good soldier yeah. wanted to fight but like it was, was really just Ill. like yeah i can't fight if i'm like dead
1: not so, like out and jude he, law just wanted to get back to his uh nicole kidman
0: yeah he was a de- deserter he, he should have been killed yeah yeah this guy no <laughs> this guy no apparently not yeah. so unfortunately he was just kind of like a casualty of this like overall encompassing union armies just experiencing this like you know unreal amount of deserters at the time so abraham lincoln to his defense had like no real sympathy for him he's like hey man it's like <laughs> it just seems to me like you just or don't want to fight for us and like you just left yeah um even though he had like a strong community support so a lot of the people that you know uh from his hometown were like kind of like no this guy is like legit he just is sick as shit and was trying to recover so he could go back yeah um so he had a strong community support to like come and support him um and they even came up to his execution to try and uh help him out oh yeah and ho reportedly or how reportedly (laughs) i said ho
1: ho. ho.
0: (laughs) how reportedly said to the crowd right before his his execution uh, and i quote i never sought the life of the man i killed i never wished it and i feel god will pardon me for taking it as i did I know my fellow soldiers and my officers in the army never blamed me for leaving as I was an invalid and I had no hospital to go to in my regiment.
1: Aw, poor dude.
0: However, again, this did not help him at all. And the bag was placed over his head Mm. where the faceless man term comes from.
1: Oh. And
0: he was hanged sad. Now, Howe's Ghost is said to be roaming the grounds of Fort Mifflin aimlessly wandering as a faceless apparition.
1: <laughs>
0: yes, and it's kind of here where it's like kind of crazy because it ties into my first story with the Eastern State Penitentiary. Like he was actually housed there during his imprisonment, not the actual Fort Mifflin that we are just talking about, but it doesn't say where he was actually hanged and killed, and I feel like it probably was at the fort. Okay. Why else would he be haunting it? Yeah. But there has Makes been, sense. yeah, but there has been other paranormal activity that has been witnessed at the fort. And such activity includes, um, people claiming to see ghostly apparitions of soldiers cleaning their guns, even when no workers, uh, are present and no like historical actors are even there at the time. Um other visitors have claimed to been touched and pushed and pulled by phantom hands. They've just been walking around and just felt like they've been pushed and wow. jerked around. There has been also been captures of EVPs and shadowy figures in photos taken by paranormal investigators, including orbs, which we've talked about in the past, or I yeah. feel like are just kind of like, eh.
1: Not a big thing about orbs. Right. Like-
0: um, but, uh, another very common and spooky experience are the sounds of a woman's scream that can occasionally be heard at all hours of the night at the fort. A woman's
1: scream? A woman's
0: scream. Why would scream. a lady be at the fort? Well, this coincides with the legend of the screaming lady. Mm. Right. So the legend of the screaming lady is another one of the most common hauntings at the fort. Though she is never seen, her scream is heard wailing out from the old officer's quarters. Okay. It is said that the ghost of the screaming lady is that of Miss Elizabeth Pratt. Ah, Chris Pratt. I was (laughs) going (laughs) to say. Pratt lived close to the fort and apparently she had a daughter and her daughter fell in love with one of the soldiers manning the fort during the 1700s. Elizabeth did not approve of this courtship and renounced and threw her daughter out of her home, and her daughter, oh my, <laughs> soon after died of dysentery.
1: Oh my
0: god! Ugh,
1: dysentery, Ugh,
0: violent diarrhea.
1: <laughs> yeah, died of diarrhea. <laughs> yeah.
0: So after being consumed with the guilt, after basically throwing her daughter away, uh, Elizabeth <laughs> took her own life. <gasps> Wow. Her haunting scream is said to be of her guilt of losing her daughter.
1: Yeah. Mhm. She should feel guilty.
0: I know. Just like I don't really know. The only thing I can think of is it was during the 1700s, so it's possible that she was like a British loyalist and maybe her the you know the guy that her daughter was like taking up courtship with was like uh you know a revolutionary. He was part of the American colonies fighting for independence. Yeah. Couldn't really find anything on that, but that is kind of like the story I made up in my head.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so you get dysentery from the food that is prepared by somebody that didn't wash their hands properly. So maybe she was hooking up with that dude, eating yeah. his food.
0: He like took a poop.
1: He took a shit. <laughs> Made her some tasty grub. You made with her his some shitty hands.
0: Made her some chicken nachos.
1: <laughs> she ate it. It was like nom nom, 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 nom. And then had some violent diarrhea and died. Mm. And mom was like, dang it. That was because I kicked her out.
0: Yeah. That's probably exactly what happened.
1: <laughs> 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 That's unfortunate.
0: Her soldier you know, significant other was...
1: I had dysentery hands. It dysentery <laughs> hands.
0: Made her a hot bowl of nachos. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hot bowl of nachos. Ooh, nachos <sighs> sounds so good right now. Yeah, I
0: might have to order some Taco Bell. Some nachos
1: no. <laughs> I'm not trying to get dysentery. <laughs> you know... Modern day <laughs> dysentery that you recover from.
0: <laughs> I feel like... That kind of dysentery is a healthy course of dysentery because it evacuates your body. It cleanses you. It cleanses your system.
1: (laughs) Okay. That's my thought on Taco Bell.
0: (laughs) By the way, if Taco Bell, if you want to sponsor us, that's a, you know.
1: That's good for us. We'll eat some Chalupas and Nachos Bel Grande all day.
0: All day. Another apparition that has been seen commonly on the grounds of the fort is one that appears in the second floor balcony of the barracks. It is the spirit of a lamplighter. Mm. This man would light the oil lamps every evening back in the day. Okay. People can see his apparition from afar carrying a long pole with a dimly flickering lit light on the end. Oh, my. Yeah, they just see a ghostly apparition of this man Yeah. That's my him walking or floating along. <laughs> you know, trying to get to his uh, oil lamps to light him up. Uh huh. I like it. <laughs> but a lot of people believe the reason behind all of this activity at the fort had to do with the prison conditions and the sheer amount of war that had took place there over the centuries. When it was a prison during the Civil War, as many as fifty-six thousand pr- prisoners died there as a result of unsanitary conditions and disease. They were held in dark quarters where it was cold and didn't have the resources to properly take, or to properly take care of them at the time. Oh, my! Yeah. I mean, it's kind of...
1: 56,000 died?
0: Uh, according. Mm. This, wow.
1: That was the you know, deadliest, what, the bloodiest war, right? Yeah. That's I mean, not even blood, though. No, that's, <laughs> just, <laughs> that's just that's prisoners just, dying. That's,
0: that's just straight up, like, negligence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know... Yeah, it's wild to think that people just died of just unsanitary care back then. Yeah, But, I mean, it was just, I guess, the sign of the times, right?
1: Yeah, they didn't know any better.
0: Um, Yeah, it's believed that these inhumane conditions um, were traumatic enough that it prevented the soldier's souls from moving on to the afterlife.
1: Mm. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: In 1915, the fort was eventually declared a, a national historic monument, and actually, it was still used by the um, by the U.S. Army until 1954 as a storage uh, facility for military materials. Mm. And in 1970, it was de- it was declared a historical landmark, and it's no it, well, <laughs> it's now open to the public for tours. <laughs>
1: his nose he says and is no open <laughs> yeah proofreading <laughs> baby there's, all, <laughs> there's other misspellings that i won't go into it because it's funny to yeah read, i was like he did reading. a good job reading it though you yeah. did good except that one you yeah, messed was, up j- <laughs> <laughs> and is no open
0: it is no open <laughs> it's no open no more <laughs> that's
1: what happens when you're rushing to get your story out <laughs> yeah.
0: but uh it is now a historical landmark and is now open to the public for tours, reenactments, and you can even reserve it for paranormal investigations.
1: Oh, no! Ghost hunters and ghost adventures have reserved it.
0: Uh, Let's yeah, I think out. they actually have. Oh, have they? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I didn't Check cover this. No,
1: now you're fine. Now. <laughs> How did you not cover that?
0: It's a whole other thing. I'm going to get into it in a later episode, probably. <laughs> probably not. We'll see.
1: Interesting. So yeah. Fort Mifflin or otherwise known as Dunder the Mifflin. Mud Island <laughs> Dunder Mifflin. Mm-hmm. Hey, maybe it's the same guy. Uh, it might be no it's not.
0: Actually they I read who it was named after, but I feel like an idiot right now because I didn't write it down
1: no Go i googled a lot of stuff while you were not a lot i googled twice while you were talking and the last person that went into draft was in 1973 in vietnam uh good question i don't know <laughs> but yeah Seems right. it was the 70s though for the last draft person so interesting that's not that long ago Crazy. All right. So, the last topic we will discuss, or I will discuss, is the Hill Physic House in Philadelphia. And this house is the former home of Dr. Philip Singh Physic, who is also known as the father of American surgery. So, this confused me in my research because. Apparently, there's another physic house in Cape May, which is on a peninsula, an island at the southernmost tip of New Jersey. Um, The Cape May physic house was built much later in 1879 by the grandson of Dr. Philip Singh Physic. So, if you that apparently is haunted as well, but we're not going to talk about that one today. We're just going to talk about
0: why not.
1: Because we're not doing New Jersey, we're doing Philadelphia. (laughs) Maybe I'll do New Jersey for the next episode.
0: (laughs) Next episode, New Jersey.
1: (laughs) So this one, uh, the Hill Physic House, is the one we'll be talking about. And it's located on the 4th Street, just a short four-minute drive from Washington Square in the Society Hill neighborhood. So if you're visiting Philadelphia, you can just hit up both haunted spots at the same time. Ooh. Ooh, which we might do if we ever visit. We've never been to Philadelphia.
0: I've been to the airport.
1: Yeah, we went there on our honeymoon. We did. We mm-hmm. stopped at Philadelphia Airport. Yeah, <laughs> Ate some over. Really shitty cheesesteak sandwiches.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty authentic. I'm pretty sure <laughs> they
1: were not. <laughs> okay, so shoot. Okay, anyways, (laughs) this one that we're talking about is on 4th Street, close to Washington Square. Um, Wait, where was it? 4th Street.
0: Washington Square.
1: Just a four-minute drive. (laughs) Ooh. 4-4. All right, so the Hill Physic House was built in 1786 by a man named Henry Hill, who was a successful wine salesman. He sold a type of fortified wine called Madeira.
0: Wait. Back in the day you could be a wine salesman? Yeah. Why is that still not a thing? (laughs) I feel like that would be my job.
1: I know. Well you would have to like grow the grapes now and
0: But no, you're just a a salesman.
1: I know, but back then you could just you're right. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I would just sell it for a wine. I would sell it for a vineyard.
1: Hey, maybe you can.
0: I need to find out if that's a real thing. Because <laughs> if so. it is, then so long engineer job.
1: Right. Okay, so his wine. <laughs> <laughs> so the wine he My sold wine. was called Madeira. And also because I had no idea what fortified wine or what Madeira wine is, I googled it. And after researching, I found out that fortified wine is a wine that is a, dis- a wine that oh my god it is a wine
0: <laughs> it's a wine that what
1: <laughs> that has a distilled spirit added to it
0: oh to
1: increase the alcohol content
0: it's fortified
1: it's fortified with distilled spirits
0: i feel like uh in a lot of video games you can drink like fortified wines to help out your accuracy in shooting
1: no yeah. I don't feel like that would help out. I think that's the thing. Okay.
0: And somebody, I forget what games I used to play. Maybe like Fallout.
1: Are you sure oh. it was fortified wine or just like fortified? You could
0: smoke a cigarette, drink some alcohol. <laughs> Helps you
1: out. <laughs> okay. Well, the most common fortified wines that you'll see are sherry and port. And sherry is produced in Spain, and port is from Portugal. And Madeira, which is what Henry Hill imported, is from Madeira Islands of Portugal, which is off the coast of Africa. Uh, You may be wondering how a man who imported wine from islands off the coast of Africa became so wealthy, Ryan. How? <laughs> well, during the time in which Henry Hill was importing Madeira, the British only taxed liquor that was imported through European ports. And since the Madeira Islands were considered a part of Africa, they were not taxed. <laughs> so there you have it.
0: He's such a good businessman, that guy <laughs> was, wasn't he?
1: <laughs> he was. So with his newfound wealth, Henry decided to build a mansion in the up and coming Society Hill neighborhood. The mansion is a four-story brick house built in the federal style architecture which basically means that the house looks like a big box. So think like bank buildings. Like a big fancy bank building. Oh. It also has a grand fanlight window imported from England above the Ooh. large double door front entry. So it's fancy.
0: That sounds so regal.
1: Yeah. It has 32 rooms, including a ballroom, several bedrooms, and fireplaces made of marble. Unfortunately, our man, Henry Hill, died in 1798 after catching. Dysentery. Nope. Yellow
0: fever. Yep.
1: What? (laughs) Which swept through the city. That's wild. Yeah, that's that's crazy. (laughs) The house. (laughs) No one died from that back then. No. They did not. That was like a one off. Yeah. <laughs> so tragic. Um, the house remained in the family until 1815 when a woman named Abigail Physic bought the house.
0: Did she discover physics?
1: No. Okay. She did, however, give the house to her brother named Dr. Philip Singh Physic.
0: Who developed physics?
1: No, he oh. was a physician.
0: Oh, so he developed physicians.
1: No, I told you earlier he's (laughs) the father of what did I say he was? American surgery. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That's where the name physician comes from?
1: Maybe. Cool, right? (sighs) That's wild. (laughs) The physic family, just to give you a little history, they were a prominent Philadelphia family. Phillips.
0: Much like the. Fresh Prince Bel Air family Right
1: <laughs> I don't think this Was this considered South Philadelphia Born and raised I don't West think so Oh was it West Yeah Oh I'm thinking of Always Sunny as South Philly Is it I think That's what our t-shirt says I don't know Alright So Philip's grandfather Was a silversmith Who designed The ink stand The founding fathers Used to dip their quills To sign the Declaration of Independence Dang that's crazy, that's, right? That's nuts. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Apparently, Philip did not want to become a surgeon, and he actually wanted to follow in his grandfather's footsteps as a silversmith.
0: Oh, that's nice.
1: Yeah, so obviously, no to no surprise, his grandfather was like the shit, so obviously you want to follow him. Uh, but sure. Philip's father insisted that he finish medical school, even though he had extreme anxiety when working on cadavers. Yeah, <laughs> I would too.
0: That's not a very good. Uh, that's not a very good attribute of a physician. If yeah, you're afraid to work on dead people, dead people
1: and have to work on live people.
0: Yeah, it's, it's like, even
1: more scary. Right. But he overcame his anxiety, and he became a successful surgeon. He actually started America's First Health Insurance where he offered to take care of your entire family for only $20 a year.
0: What? Yeah,
1: I Googled this. This would be about $450 a year today. Which Dang. is good. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. amazing. So he was... Shit. Bargain insurance. Wow. Uh, anyways, this health insurance plan would have come in handy during that time as yellow fever swept through the city, claiming 5,000 lives in less than two months.
0: That's alarming.
1: That's a lot. That's a lot. Uh, Dr. Physic would survive the yellow fever epidemic despite staying in the city when many flee.
0: I wonder if he was one of those guys that like wear those like long.
1: Those weird nose, like beak things. Yeah. Yeah, like they wore during like the plague and stuff.
0: Yeah, didn't you like see that shit in like Silent Hill?
1: Yeah, I think so. I was also in that Blythe House thing in uh, on Netflix. Didn't mm. they wear that? In that I don't
0: know. Oh, The Haunting of Bly Manor.
1: Yeah, that one. Yeah. I but yeah, he would survive the epidemic, even though um, he stayed when many fled. So he was like, kind of rewarded for that for staying when a lot of people left.
0: He was rewarded.
1: I mean, not rewarded, but he was like. Is <laughs> your
0: he reward? You, <laughs> here's your reward. You get to stay. You for... get to
1: this mansion. <laughs> yeah, he got a lot of accolades. Applauded. How about that?
0: Or uh, yeah,
1: yeah. Okay. So he would later marry a woman named Elizabeth Emlyn, but their marriage was not a happy one. Why? Because they didn't like each other. I don't know. They would have. <laughs> she had <be> yellow fever. <laughs> they would go on to have seven children together, four of which survived as like two they kind adulthood. Of like each other. I know. It always cracks me up when they're like, they had an unhappy marriage, but they had like 15 children. Like, Okay. Okay. But their scandalous relationship would end in divorce after 15 years of marriage. And after their divorce, Dr. Physic would move with his children into the Hill House, which he inherited from his sister.
0: So they had like a kid every two years.
1: Shit. Yeah. Seven kids, 15 years. Yep.
0: Wow. Hmm.
1: That seems like a happy marriage.
0: (laughs) They did it one time every two years and... Had a baby.
1: She was very uh, healthy, (laughs) reproductively. So during the 22 years, Dr. Physic, yeah, really, lived at the house. He used the house for his medical practice, renovating it so he could treat his VIP patients, such as First Lady Dolly Madison and President Andrew Jackson, to name a few. He also used the house to perform autopsies, blood transfusions, and the first cataract surgery. Dr. Physics' death in 1837.
0: Wait, that's wild. So, did this guy like specialize in anything? So, he just decided, I'm going to do a cataract surgery.
1: Yeah, he did a whole bunch of like crazy stuff for the first time.
0: That's wild.
1: And he like created all these tools that they still use today in surgery.
0: Holy crap.
1: Yeah. He had a mark in history. Wow. Pretty cool. Okay. Anyways, after his death in 1837, the house remained in the Physic family for 58 years and then it was abandoned and almost bulldozed to make way for a gas station. <laughs> How <laughs> lame is that, right? Let's get rid of this house, this mansion, and <laughs> make it into a gas station. But then a Philadelphia publisher and his wife purchased the home and restored it. And oddly enough, the woodwork needed to be replaced because the former owner, a woman named Elise Keith, had a phobia of dust and removed all the woodwork, which included the interior shutters, baseboards, balusters, and door frames. What?
0: Yeah. <laughs> she had a phobia of dust. Of so dust. rather than cleaning it, she had that shit removed. She was like,
1: no, nah, I'm not dealing with it. She's
0: like... <laughs> This is some old shit. Yeah. You gotta replace it.
1: That's terrible, right? That's wild. All that woodwork.
0: Yeah, this this woman cannot have lived long.
1: <laughs> what I wanna know is, did she remove it herself or did she hire? She
0: had to have hired people.
1: That's a lot of work. The most, Shutters. The
0: craziest thing too is that they're still in unlimited amount of dust around her. Like it was all around her. Yeah, during that entire time. Just
1: the woodwork is not even enough. <laughs> Like, everything collects. This
0: lady's afraid of
1: dust. And shutters? Like, what was she using it, to cover the windows? I don't know. Curtains? They you know collect what? dust.
0: She probably never even seen a dust mite. Have you ever seen a dust mite? Yeah. Those things are frightening. They are. And she didn't even know about those at the time. <laughs> Can you imagine <laughs> no if he dusters at <laughs> <by> that time.
1: <laughs> Feather dusters. Those are terrible.
0: Can you imagine, like, this lady was ahead every game, though, as, like, a germaphobe?
1: <laughs> I guess that's kind of ironic too. She lived in the former home of a uh, father of American surgery and then she was afraid of dust.
0: Mm. Yeah, definitely.
1: Whatever. <laughs> that's wild. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot where I was.
0: Something about interior shutters, baseboards, balusters, and door frames.
1: <laughs> yeah, somewhere in there. I found it. Okay, today the house is back in the physic family. The great great great—that's three greats—grandson of Dr. Physic, a man named Dell Connor, now owns and lives in the home.
0: Whoa! What a cool
1: name, right? Dell. I kind of like that name, Dell. Since moving into his great 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 grandfather's home, Dell Connor says the house is haunted by his great 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 grandmother Elizabeth, who was banned from the home by Dr. Physic after their divorce. <laughs> Yeah, she's like not allowed to be around that place. <laughs> he says when he first moved into the home, he heard the doorbell ring, so he went to answer the door. When he opened the door, a woman in colonial clothing answered, and he asked, oh, I'm sorry, and asked if he lived there. Then <laughs> she just vanished. He like he said her? he looked down, and then he looked back up, and she was gone. Wild. Yeah. Nuts. She, Elizabeth, is also seen weeping near the stump of a tree in the yard that was cut down right before her death. According to Dell, that tree was something Elizabeth and Dr. Physic argued about chopping down. So she must have wanted that tree to stay. Um, the house is also thought to be haunted by the people Dr. Physic performed autopsies on.
0: Well, why in the hell would they haunt the house? While he's performing autopsies, unless they were cadavers.
1: They were, yeah.
0: Of people that were stolen from their graves?
1: Yes, exactly. So oh, my God. So they're, this thought to be haunted by, um, like, people who brought, oh, they're my They like, God. stolen from their graves? Yeah, so it's gravediggers it's would bring bodies from the cemetery to his home, where oh. he performed autopsies in the basement.
0: That makes sense.
1: Yeah, because remember we they said were like unsettled. They didn't have like enough bodies to do research on, mm-hmm. so that he would bring them. And it's crazy because um, ghost hunters visited this house and did an investigation.
0: Ghost hunters or ghost adventures? Hunters. Okay.
1: Yeah, in 2016, and that you can watch the episode. And in the basement, it is really creepy. Like there's a table, and it's still there. It's like a concrete table, like built in.
0: Oh, like it could like for doing
1: yeah like there's a door autopsies yeah there's a little door it's Uh all brick and then there's a cement table and there's like a little door that they must have like shoveled the bodies through or funneled them through onto this like little cement table where the doctor would like sit down there and do autopsies on them and they would like they conducted investigations there and like throughout the house that's nuts but they were called to the home because um that owner del connor said that he was experiencing paranormal activity, like he and his wife. And um, during the investigation, they did experience something kind of crazy. So there's a part of it, and you can watch it, but the two investigators are walking down, and the cameraman is behind them following, and you just kind of hear something rattling, and then the cameraman pans to his right, and there's like this weird, table thing that's moving on its own and it like almost hits the cameraman like he's like holy shit and he pans to it and then you can see the table like moving back away from him and the investigator is like what what happened they can see it moving it's weird it's crazy but yeah if you want to watch it it's season 11 episode 10.
0: Well I guess I'm watching that. Yeah, Tonight. if you
1: have like Discovery Plus or whatever that new thing is, you can watch it there or you can just Google it online, which is how I found it because <laughs> I don't have Discovery Plus. But yeah, it was it was pretty compelling to watch that. That was pretty much the only thing they found during their research. But seeing that underground basement with like the cadaver, or like the table and stuff. Oof. And then they have like, it's a museum too. So they have like all of his instruments that he used to perform surgeries and stuff on display. And like, it kind of looks like the foyer of the house, but it's cool. So they like pay homage to the history of it. But yeah, that Del Conner guy lives there with his wife. And she like, it sounds like when they interviewed her, she did not like living there. She heard some crazy stuff while living there
0: yeah i mean some wild shit had to happen there yeah that's cool
1: though i would like to visit it for sure
0: yeah sounds awesome (laughs) (laughs) i want to watch that show that ghost hunter show (laughs) episode
1: yeah that's cool and they went to some other house too but it wasn't in philadelphia it was some other place but i didn't finish the episode
0: (laughs) gotcha Okay, that uh, that wraps up our episode on Philadelphia. That was pretty fun, wasn't it?
1: That was so much fun. I learned so much.
0: Yeah, me too.
1: Such a historic city.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think next episode we should introduce something else.
1: Ooh, what should we introduce, Ryan?
0: Maybe... A spookometer.
1: Oh, a spookometer. Like rating how spooky things are after we talk about them?
0: Yeah, kind of. Okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> cool.
0: Yeah, we can rate each uh, story. I think that'd be pretty cool.
1: Yeah, that's fun. I like
0: awesome. that. Cool. All right. right.
1: Well, you guys just please like rate and subscribe and you can also follow us on instagram at spookified podcast we have a couple posts on there they're kind of funny relating to the episodes we've already done so check us out
0: yeah definitely uh yeah please do um and also if you guys had any stories for us uh, just send them to us through our email it's spookified podcast at gmail.com and uh That pretty much uh, wraps it up. So thank you for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye.